you're staring into the water, you realize that the water has some sort of oracular or portent divination ability, and you start to see a scene that you believe will bring bad luck. In Elven, I'll ask him for. I'll ask him his name. My name is Prince Alagarthus. I am Simeon Peleus Wintermere of House Wintermere. Her theater lies on the top of the mountain, but that mountain is mined by several clans of Briganooks. Patience Rocket does remember them, mm. but misremembers, and they were a terrifying tale in his mind of his childhood, and he's deathly afraid of them. She compels people who find themselves here or are stolen from where they belong, as myself. She compels them to come to her accursed theater and perform pantomimes and plays for her. You hear this infernal cawing coming over the lake and just mutters under his breath, Paratons. Rocket, ah. you'll leave my hindquarters alone, thank you. So all of you see these visions in the lake, and all of you feel, even Cass, even though your omen was ostensibly a bad luck one, you are, the way that you overcame it when you came to the top land, you all feel this sense of, of fortune is with you on this quest. You see in a far, in one far corner, like where, where Cass is standing, there is a single black queen, and that queen is flanked by two black knights. More towards the section of the board where Simeon is another queen and four pawns. As you're using your pokey stick, go ahead and try to push over the queen. A butterfly starts to flit by you. And as you very carefully, like, just reach the pokey stick out there, and the butterfly lands on your nose and causes you to sneeze. And as you sneeze, your pokey stick clears all the pieces off of the board. And from the stones around the circle emerge four short, gray-skinned beings with wild, black, wiry hair. They look like almost mutated dwarves of some sort. And one jumps immediately to the the Eladrin, who is caught by surprise, and combat begins. So I need you all to roll initiative. I'm sorry, as I'm Kavorx sorry! As is doing initiative, he's going to look at Sprocket and growl as steam and fire comes out of his lips. Rocket! It was an accident! Yeah. <laughs> Knocking them over, all of them over, was an accident. 10. Simeon's at a 13. <laughs> 23! <laughs> <laughs> Every time you roll a natural 20, it's like, not, why now? Why now? You know. Better now than never. That's about. I don't mind. I don't mind rolling a natural twenty on initiative. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big uh, fan. And Sprocket 
at a six. All right, Zir, you have got the initiative then. They are clearly menacing and clearly confrontational. There is one, so you're all kind of standing around the, the table. There's one about 15 feet behind you that basically jumped out of its rock and is now engaged with one of the Eladrin. There is one probably, let's see... Probably 20, yeah, there you go. Thank you, Marty. Yeah, so there's there's this one up here. That's probably about 20, 25 a week, 25 okay. feet away. And then there's one way on the other side here that is 30 feet away. So depending on how much movement you have, you can certainly reach them. And then there's another one further down here, um, which is probably too far away for you to reach in one round. So the one that's, uh, the one that's closest is already engaged with somebody. It so. is, but the combat is just beginning. So they haven't attacked yet. They basically just moved out. The okay. one in that lower left quadrant is 20 feet away from... Yep, it is. Yep. Yeah. Yep, so you can reach that one also. Okay. The I'm only sure. one that's further The only one that's further than 30 is the one to the east quadrant. Okay. Yeah, sure. that, that we'll one's go. 40 feet away. Yep, so you can right, we'll, we'll go for the 20 foot away one. I'll have to okay. move closer because I've been doing... Sword, fighting with swords. So I have to move closer. Yeah, yeah, you're fighting with swords. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Great. So How high are those I, rocks? I will move. They are, let's see. And while you're at it, are we on a plateau or in a depression? It's hard to uh, tell from the picture. It's a plateau. And the rocks, they're, they're calling them standing stones, 20 feet tall. Okay, so he's... And these creatures emerged from the rocks. Oh, okay, they came out of the rock. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yep. All right. They're not yep. on top of, they... Correct. They emerged from, exactly. Yep. Okay. They weren't like, it's not like they were like invisible. It's like they were part of the rock and they have emerged. Nice. Cool. Zero, roll your attack. Let's try that again. Seven, yeah. That will not hit. Yep. That will not hit. With? 20, 20 feet, Kiss. Okay, and you only have the one attack? Yes. Any reactions or bonus actions? No. Okay. Cool. So you have menaced and it has menaced back. Yes. Cool. So next is actually the creatures will go next. So the one that is right in front of you, Zier, will attack. It's a natural 20. Uh, and basically, he has a gigantic club in his hands. So with a natural 20, let's see. So, 13. so 19 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. And gets a second attack. That's also, I assume, going to hit at a 28. Zier? Yes. This one's only for seven points of damage. Ouch. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to go around the circle here. The other one is going to attack the Eladrin that it is engaged with. It will miss, and it will hit. Okay. And just for a reference, I'll say that this is Seifel, because it matters because one of them was injured last time around, and the other one was not. Juliana. Okay, cool. Okay. And... Okay, uh, this one will will move down, kill Varix, and will attack you. That is 26 to hit. That will hit. Okay. For 13 points of bludgeoning. Ouch. This is revenge for not taking any damage last combat. Well, I, I don't know what you're talking about. So, um, and the, uh, the second one will miss. Um, all right, Kess, the last one will attack you. That's a 13. I'm assuming that's not going to hit. That does not hit. How about, dodges. how about a 19? That hits. For 12 points of bludgeon. Ow. Okay. Alright, that is their turn. Next, Seifel will attack the one in front of him. Sorry, that's just the way the initiative cracked, but I get to roll a lot here. Okay. We're counting on tiring you out. 
You can't roll forever. <laughs> One would hope. All right. One yeah. would hope. Yeah. yeah. Your name's not Benito. You, your dice are going to give sooner or later. <laughs> What's that about taunting the DM? Is that... It's a bad plan. <laughs> foolish, foolish choice, yes. Foolish, for which I am well choice. known for. Okay. Yeah, first attack hits solidly. Second attack hits solidly. I haven't even uh, pulled out the vicious mockery yet. Cool. Okay. Seifel hits the the being in front of him solidly with two hits. And then next would be Simeon. You are next. So he hits solidly with two. Yep. And did and uh, that creature hit Seifel also? Yes. Yep. They they're both going at it for sure. And Seifel was previously injured. He was. I'm going to move alongside Seifel, and I'm going to attack that creature. Okay. Hold steady, my friend. We will win this fight. And with Celestria as my main attack weapon, that's going to be a 20 to hit. That will hit. And that is a magic blade, which does d6 plus 5 slashing and 1d6 radiant damage. Okay. That's going to be eight slashing and two radiant. Fabulous. Then with my bonus attack, I'm yep. going to swing with Infernalisa. That's also going to be a 20 to hit, dirty 20. Yeah, yeah. And that is going to be a D6 plus five slashing and a D6 necrotic. Okay. That is six on the necrotic damage and seven on the slashing damage. Excellent. And how is he cool. holding up? He is bloodied. He that that was those were significant hits. I am not gonna leave Seifel with the ability to take another attack. Leave. Can I action search? No, I already action searched today because we only did a short rep. Ooh, so that's it. <laughs> that's all she wrote, folks. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. After Simeon is Tyriana, who is right next to Kilvarix there, so she will attack. Oh, that's a natural one. She goes to attack the being and her polearm. She misses high and it gets caught in his hair, so she cannot take her second attack this round. It's she's like his hair is like has its own power or strength or whatever, and she can't get her can't get her polearm out of it. Okay, let's see. Next, Kess, you are next. All right, Kess is irked with the creature right in front of her. She is going to draw her longsword and make an overhead diagonal strike down at the creature. Excellent. And that is a nat one. Cool. So give me a d6 roll, please. Two. Okay, I rolled a four. That attack misses, but other than that, your sword is still not... Like, you No significant negative effects other than the fact that it missed. So she swipes around all the way, brings the sword to the ground, and this is my monk extra attack, using the sword as a prop. Flying roundhouse kick. Okay. I'd say if you're going to use the sword as a prop with a, negative, with a natural one on your sword roll, roll this at disadvantage, please. So that would be 13 to hit. Uh, we'll miss. Okay, so she misses on that attack as well. And she's going to spend a key point to do flurry of blows. So this is two unarmed strikes. And that would be, this is a little better, 23 to hit. That will hit. Okay. 
that is 15 damage. 15 bludgeoning. Oh. So she Excellent. turns completely in the air with her hair flying and when she finally manages to land two hand strikes she's finally and then she's stepping back. Excellent. Alright, yep, if you're gonna, you can certainly move. I'm not oh, you're just like disengaging or moving out of range, I'm just readying myself for my next attack. Perfect. Alright, uh, Kilvarks. So, since we are in a Fey realm, and Kilvarks has the ability to banish and turn Fey, Celestial, and, uh, Fiendish, all those types of talents, well, he's gonna go on the, the bet that maybe these guys can be turned and grab his multicolored disc while inter- item interaction picking up his shield that he had bent down from doing the ritual, so now he has a shield yep. back. And, uh, start. <laughs> Um, calling for Isle in the name of Io, foul babies be gone, and tries to turn them. Uh, cool. Arcane abjuration. So if they are a celestial elemental fae or fiend, they need a wisdom saving throw DC 15. Are one half or lower, they can be banished. They are not CR one half. So I will say that. You said wisdom save. Yes, wisdom save DC 15. 15. Okay. All right, so let's see. Number one succeeds, fails, and succeeds. The one in front of you, when you call Io, recoils in horror and disengages to meld back into his stone column. Both you and Tyriana would get attacks of opportunity if you would like. As he... No, if he's going away, I'm going to let him go. I don't want to put right. it there. And the the one Simeon, the one in front of you and Seifel, also recoils and merges back with his stone column. Can I get that attack of opportunity? You can absolutely get that attack of opportunity, as will Seifel. Yeah. Excellent. Seifel will miss. And I'm going with Infernalisa. Actually, Celestia, because that's the button I press. I'm probably going to miss a 13. We'll miss. Yep. All right. Okay. All right. Excellent. Cool. And then, as my bonus action, I am going to cast Spiritual Weapon over by the one by Cass behind okay. it and then attack with the Spiritual Weapon. Cool. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Roll the attack. Right. It is a 23 to strike. That will hit. Over nine points of damage. Okay. Fabulous. All right, so Kessa, a mystical spear has appeared on the other side of this being and uh, runs it through, hitting it from behind. So, uh, Sprocket, we are to you, sir. You said they look like mutated dwarves, correct? Yeah. Okay, Sprocket has his tuning fork positioned over the rods running down his right bracer, ready to shoot an electrical bolt at the one in front of him and cast, but he does not use his action to his bonus action to cast. Instead, and I know they've already acted, so this is meh. But instead, he shouts in Dwarvish, "I humbly apologize for knocking over your game." If you'd like to go back into your rocks, I will happily pick up the pieces and return them to their original positions. Uh, he... And holds his uh, action to see if it looks like they may choose to do He is definitely not seeming to to wish to parlay 
with you on this and mutters an ancient dwarven curse that you have not, if you have not deeply studied the language, you probably have not heard this, but it boils down to something along the lines of the better part of your forebears was made into gravel for my house, but it doesn't translate very well. And so I drag the tuning fork down the copper rods and fling an electrical bolt at him, 24 to hit. That will hit. For, ooh, six damage. Cool. Okay. Brilliant. And uh, as my bonus action, I will have my pseudo dragon shoot his force bolt attack. Where would your pseudo dragon be? He's gonna I basic. Th- he like lives on and around my person. Gotcha. So okay. he'll rear his head up around my shoulder and shoot it out of his mouth. Got it. Okay. Twenty-one dead. That will hit. Closed it. No, that's mending. My bad. Damage is what I wanted. There you go. For four damage. Four damage. Excellent. Okay. All right. We are at the top of the round then. Zir, it is your turn. It is my turn. Okay. The gentleman that hit me before is going to get hit back. Okay. (laughs) I like it. All right. I'm going to go for the basic, simple bashing about with a sword. Nothing fancy. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a 19. That will hit. And I'm using that sword, which is a six. And you have that written down. Hang on. I gotta look at my damage on that thing again. It's a d6 plus one, I think. I wrote it down, because I did that. Well, where I wrote down is another question entirely. Yes, d6 plus one. Okay. All right, six. Sounds good. Excellent. And is, that's a magical sword you said, yeah? That's the magical sun sword you gave me. Rather than Great. letting me keep the cursed object, you gave me a nice non-cursed object. You know. We do it, please. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Next, then, is is Seifel without a proper target. Seifel, let's see. Can I reach there? I can. So, Seifel will come down and join you. Azir, long pole arm kind of flourishing strikes. The first one will miss. The second one will hit for not a great amount of damage, but that's okay. Okay. And, okay, excellent. Next. The beings will go next. The Zier, the one in front of you, begins doing this sort of haka-style dance, where it's kind of like stomping its feet, moving its arms up and down, and grunting against Rocket. If you speak Dwarvish, it sounds like this, again, this, like, weird mutated form of dwarvish even also dialect what's that yeah some weird dialect exactly zir from you please i need a wisdom save is he casting a spell uh he is can i get an arcana roll to understand what he's casting sure only since you pointed out that i can understand him yep i rolled it at disadvantage because it's a garbled dialect and got a 17 a 17 excellent he is casting a he's casting an enchantment effect for sure zero is the result of your wisdom yeah okay all right uh it's a six plus one seven seven excellent so you are so the being in front of you begins doing this haka style dance where it's like it's stomping its feet and grunting at you and everything like that. And for the next minute, you begin 
dancing in the same way. You are stricken with Otto's irresistible dance. Ugh. Is that okay? Is that enchantment a charm? And is Zir immune to charm or resist? Uh, it is not a charm. It's a control. Okay. Fair enough. So. I got some immunity to some of that stuff, but not that. So, so Zir has now started doing the same dance that the that the the little Corin is doing in front of her, and the exactly, yeah, is voguing, yeah, exactly, yeah. And let's see, the other the other one on the other side. Let's see, cast odds or evens. Odds. Odds. Then Sprocket, you are going to get attacked. That's uh, just not friendly, Cass. That's a modified twenty to hit. What's coming at Sprocket? Eight. So the creature in front of you has a gigantic stone club. Oof, looks really painful. It does As look painful. sees it coming, he goes, Eek! Which is the command for his armor to release the shield cantri- the shield spell as a reaction. Excellent. And so th- this is uh, a modified which makes 20, my so. armor class 21. Fabulous. Okay, cool. Excellent. So it, it clangs off of the magical shield, and he will use his second attack, which is a 22. So that will get through. And... A great try, though. What's that? No, it wasn't a great try. I successfully avoided one set of damage. Yeah. Yeah, Fair uh, and as so as the cord swings, notice that so he bounces off of your shield the first time, and so on his second swing, he like steals himself into the ground. Like you see his feet dig into the dirt, and so this shot hits harder than you would have expected. Fourteen, uh, seventeen points of damage. With like, basically, he does like a like a like a Casey Jones swing on you, like on the way by. Sprocket's rocked back on his heels, almost over backwards in the dirt, but still standing, looking bleary-eyed. Ow! Excellent. Simeon, your turn. Yeah, I am going to move into the space below that's 25 feet away, safe out, so I can get my attack on the creature. Yep. That is going to definitely be a lead attack with Celestria. That's a 14. We'll miss. Infernal Lisa. That's also going to miss. Okay. I'm not going to abide by that. And though I <laughs> goofed up on my last round, I do actually have my action surge. Yep. Yep. So I will do so at this time. And I will swing again with Celestria. That's going to be a dirty 20. And I should mention, and I also screwed up something else now that I'm looking at it. I actually have two regular attacks and my offhand attack. So I actually have one more with Celestia before as well. So I'm going to, that's my second attack from before action surge here. Okay. That's going to be eight slashing, two radiant. Now with my action surge, I've got two more Celestia attacks. Okay. 15. No, sir. And 17. It meets, it beats. And seven slashing. Excellent. Okay. It did not care for that at all. And so as a reaction to getting hit a from the top of the stone that you're currently all standing around that he's like in the shadow of right now, a long strand of what looks like it's woven out of his hair comes flying at you. And I need you to make me a dexterity safe, please. That's not good. We're at oh, a how- six. A six? Cool. So a six will not succeed. The rope of hair wraps around you tightly, and you, sir, are grappled. Okay. Cool. All right, Cass, go ahead. 
Alright, so my sword's still down near the ground. I'm going to use a rising diagonal strike on this guy who had rooted himself into the ground. I think he needs uprooting. Okay. So this is like an Untrasorn from the left. And that would be 23 to hit. That will hit. Barely. Okay. And that is 15 points of slashing damage. Oof. I know. As my extra attack. Is that sword magical? Yes, because I've reached 6th level as a monk, Salt. as a Kensei monk. Good answer. Yes. I'm going to follow up with crescent kick, left foot crescent kick to the jaw. That would be 17 to hit. Uh, yes. Okay. And that would be only six damage, but I now have agile parry, so I'm ready to parry if attacked. I, that increases my AC. Excellent. Okay. As you are, as you are performing your sword and kicking duties, Tyriana, with her ranged weapon, attacks the creature in front of you from uh, basically over your shoulder, mm -hmm. deftly avoiding you. Nice. Uh, that will hit. It's the one-two punch game. Yeah, there we are. Are they getting advantage from the spiritual weapon behind them? Oh, that's a good question, actually. It did not matter since both of Kess's hits hit, but... Unless you rolled a that. natural 20 for double damage. That's correct. Okay. I'm picking up what you're laying down. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Okay, the two two solid polearm strikes as she hits the creature in front of you, and he is also quite unamused by the fact that he's getting beaten up. He's bloodied now, in fact, and so from the top of the stone behind, another rope seemingly made of his black wiry hair stretches out at Tyriana, who succeeds on her dexterity save and does not get grappled. So there's this like rope of like black hair just like wiggling through the air right now. Kilvarix, you sir. So Kilvarx is going to be looking down at the two down there. One is grappled and the Azir is uncontrollably, but not grappled, Correct. right? Yeah. Correct. And Simeon's really not moving at all. Huh? So he is going to start uh, casting. Yes. Huh? He's going <laughs> exactly, to start casting yeah. Dispel Magic on Simeon. He was going to do it on Zir, but now that Simeon is bound up and Zir can actually move, although at a disadvantage, we need to get Simeon back in the fight. We're going to cast Dispel Magic on Simeon, which Ooh. will do anything of third level or lower is automatically dispelled. Anything for fourth level or higher, I have to make a, a DC 10 plus spell level check uh, to see if it's dispelled. It's not a magical effect. It is, I don't know, oh, man. My understanding if it's what I think it is that it is a creature ability. It's a creature ability, exactly, yeah. It's not a magical effect. So you're, I won't make you roll the check, but give me an arcana roll to see if you notice that before you spend the spell slot. No, because if I can't do him, I would definitely do the dancing on the other one, because that is definitely yep. a spell. That's definitely Where a spell. is arcana? I got an 11. In fact, actually, if you have an alternative, I'll just tell you. The hair is a, is a creature effect. You can't dispel that, but you can certainly dispel what's happening to Zir. So, okay, so I will try to yep. dispel what's going on with Zir then. And like I said, it depends on the spell level. If it's a third level or less spell, I don't remember what spell the dancing is. It's a six-level spell, so it is not. So I got so I got to do ten plus the spell. Level, so I have DC sixteen. Is that arcane? Uh, spellcasting yeah. ability. Okay. Yep. So it's contested. Yep. And unfortunately, I only got a seven. Cool. But so so Zir continues to dance, but you have a bonus action. So. 
My bonus action is going to be the spiritual weapon on the mm-hmm. weird dwarf in front of me. Fabulous. <laughs> At 20 for a 27. Oof, alright, that clearly hits. Nice. And obviously, and double damage. So it's 2 to 8 plus 4. So I roll it once and then add 16, 20, right? Yep, correct. So it's 20 plus 16, so 36. Yeah, so describe your kill, sir. With a glowingness as it goes in, the glow gets brighter and multicolored, just like my disc, and my disc lights up too, as from inside out, the light of multicolor shoots out of the corrupted dwarf and he explodes. Gross. Excellent. Sprocket and, uh, and Cass, you are showered with rock fragments as he explodes, but they don't do any damage or anything. It's like standing in the tiniest meteor storm, storm ever. So, excellent. Cool. Sprocket blinks and starts brushing it off himself. <laughs> excellent. Uh, okay, top of round three, Zir. So, again, you are dancing. You can take your entire turn to to try to get out of it, or you can roll your attack at disadvantage or other things at similar, similarly disadvantaged. I am going to try to attack at disadvantage, keep dancing. Maybe okay. I can work the dance into the attack somehow. I like There's it. A little I bit like of roll. bardic mojo. Brilliant. I like it. 19. Okay. That works. Excellent. That, that will hit. And uh, four. Four points of damage. Excellent. Okay. That one down there is still not not bloodied. He's still he's taken some hits, but he's he seems more annoyed than anything else. Okay. It is Safel's turn. He will attack. Uh, that will hit, and that will miss. Cool. So he gets one solid hit on the creature and next is the creature himself so simeon is bound and constrained he's going to attack safel once and zir once so safel first that's a natural 20 to hit safel and again he plants his feet in and swings at safel with his great club did you miss sprocket at six? Oh, i'm sorry sprocket did you not go yes i missed sprocket at six cool let me so- resolve this and then we'll have sprocket go next and i'll just merge it in fair enough he was stunned by the exploding creature yeah. in front of him and it took exactly. him yeah all right okay cool so that's okay oh okay i need please so the cord hit safel with a natural 20 who do i want simeon give me a d6 roll please two okay so the cord again sinks his feet into the dirt rolls his toes around it a little bit and swings down with his great club onto safel's head and Seyfel collapses to the ground, and Tyriana basically calls from across the circle, Seyfel! And then they attack you also, Zir. That is a a, a modified 20 to hit. It would hit. Uh, Catch. And uh, 12 points of damage. Rocket, we will go to you now, having been stunned for a couple of rounds by shooting Rock. Your yeah, turn, what if I one-shot him? If I one-shot I him, does Seyfel get to stand back up? No, he does not. You can, like, weekend at Bernie's, you can prop Seyfel up. Right. Seyfel's standing back up in my turn, so don't worry about yeah. it. Sprocket turns around and goes, Oh, damn it, you killed Seyfel! And casts sh- Shatter, which for him is kind of like shooting a small baseball-sized object out of a little tube on his forearm. Oof. That detonates when it reaches the target. That's just a spell effect, though. It doesn't need an attack roll. And then with a sudden loud ringing noise, painfully intense, it erupts. And I envision since this is like this fractal sound environment, the sudden 
high pierce cacophony going across the current tones of this area creates like this expanding yeah. ripple effect that's vaguely visible in the air. Yeah. It's a fractal haze kind of thing. What, as it what is back. the range on Shatter? 60 feet. 60 feet. Oh, sorry, is that, I meant more like it's the area a 10 foot radius, time. but he's on top of a 20 foot He's like inside of a 20 foot stone. It's, he's like in the shadow of it. He basically, he merged from the sun. He's not on top of it. He merged from it. So. Let me rephrase then. Is there a way in which I can position it on the stone above him so that it only gets him? You said 10, ten foot radius. So you could do something like that. Fair enough. And they must make a constitution saving throw. Cool. Against 16 if they are non-organic such as stone, crystal, or metal, they have disadvantage on the saving throw. They are organic. They are fey. They are not made of stone. They're just stone affinity. It's 13 if they fail, half if they succeed. Do I have to make... So, okay, so I make the constitution save if I am organic. Yeah, you make it regardless. You just have disadvantage okay. if you're organic. I gotcha. Okay, cool. I failed. So what's the 13 damage? 13. Excellent. He is bloodied. Okay. Cool. We had Zero go. We had Seifel's dead, so he doesn't get to go. We had them go. He's not dead yet. Oh, no. No, he's dead yet. Tyriana. There's still time. Okay. Tyriana runs behind Zir, or runs behind Seifel with her polearm and lashes out, misses, and misses. So she is quite upset. And uh, so that was 12. Uh, Kess goes at 10. So Kess is basically going to stand right over Seifel in an effort to protect him. Yep. Stand over him and uh, running from where she was, pierce stab with the longsword, Longanort, a straight point stab at this creature. So that would be 14 to hit. One four. That will miss. Okay. 14 will miss. So she's going to follow up with a another roundhouse kick coming from the side where Zir is not, so as not to hit him. That's even worse. That would be 11 to hit. Yep. Having failed with that, she's so furious that she's going to spend another key point for flurry of blows. So try a couple mm-hmm. of unarmed strikes. Again, like this stroke. And that would be a 19 to hit. That will hit. That one will hit. Finally, she says again, she's a little exasperated with herself today. And that is uh, 19 points of damage, bludgeoning damage. Okay, they are not looking good. That was a significant blow. So uh, Kilvarks. So Kilvarks, seeing the safe that went down, is going to move his 20 feet over there and going to examine him and see if he is savable by a... a cure like wounds spell or whether I have to actually cast revivify if he's dead he is far below zero yeah but is magical healing going to bring him up or do I have to cast revivify that's what I'm asking let's see what is let's see let's see they are so they're an NPC so they would not normally get death saves so I would say in this case given the amount of damage that they've taken and the fact that they were already okay. injured already this is a revivify situation very well I will put one hand on his over his heart and the other hand I'll pull out a diamond and press it against my symbol of Io 
and calling on Io, Kobayashi to say, Io says you are not done in this world, and that you have more to do for him. Revivify, and we'll cast Revivify, which brings him back to one hit point, and consumes. Okay. So the the diamond goes into dust and kind of gets absorbed. You kind of see it trail through the amulet, through his arm, into the chest, and the glow fades into Seifel, and he should have him yeah. okay. His entire head had been obliterated by this strike by the cord in front of him. And as the spell magic weaves around him, you see his head begin to regrow from the bottom up. And as it crosses over his mouth, you hear you say, I'll take a deep breath as, it, as his head continues to reconstitute. <gasps> and his eyes are wide. And he is very injured. <laughs> yes, he has one hit point. Uh, and with my bonus action, I'm going to look over my shoulder and say, God, come here, and have the spirit weapon move 30 feet closer, because that's the most it can move. All right. Okay. So, Varric, struck it. It is your turn again. It doesn't seem like you went that long ago. There we are. But now that he's shaken himself back to uh, the situation, and he sees Varric's literally had to just bring somebody back to life because of his foolishness, he's determined to take this thing down, and he flings another electrical bolt at it. 16. We'll miss. He looks very chagrined. Does he not have a magic missile or something? <laughs> Firebolt's a 2d10. At this point, I'd do electric bolt instead. So no, I yeah, don't have magic, magic missile doesn't miss. Yeah, but I don't have magic missile. <laughs> All right, so that's the end of the round. Zir, it is your action. You are still dancing. I am still dancing, and I'm going to still try and... Put that back into the the attack. Let's see, and not so good this time with a three. So I don't hit anything with that. Too nope. busy dancing. Yep. All right. Okay. Let's see. Next, uh, Seifel. Let's see. What can he do to heal himself? Not much. Actually, that's not true. He again. He's recapturing himself. And he puts his hand on your shoulder, Kilvarex, and says, Thank you, my friend, and, and teleports 30 feet away. I was about to suggest, well, why don't you get back? We can take care of this. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got this, I'm going to. Yeah. So he teleports 30 feet away. Kess is relieved. I was standing over him, which made it a little harder to do good kicks. As long as you weren't, like, bracing on him because as he disappears. And technically, it's face steps, so he had to walk. Simeon is next. With my bonus action, I'm going to my second win. I mm-hmm. don't need it for myself, but it, it allows me to activate my rallying cry, which is my knightly ability, which gives six hit points to three allies. And so looking around at those who are injured, I will give six hit points to Kess, because I believe she's been hit. Zir, who has been hit. And safe help because I don't know what's coming next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he needs as many hit points as he can get at this point. So here's the question with this. Are you able to successfully do this while grappled and restrained? Yes, because I can do anything that does not allow me to move. Only thing restrained does is keep me from moving. It makes my movement okay. zero. Right. In- including being able to attack, which I am now going to. Yeah. So I've got two with Celestia. Wait, how can if you're grappled, how can you attack? Because that's the grapple condition. Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe. Because it doesn't restrain, it just grapples. 
No, you are grappled and restrained. Okay. Until this grapple ends, the target is restrained. Right. And I did a check and note when grappling and being grappled does not limit who you can attack as long as the opponents are still within reach. Okay. Yeah. Can you just move to your microphone, please? Nor does it. Hear you. Yeah. Nor I said note grappling and being grappled does not limit who you can attack as long as your opponent are still within your reach, nor does it yep. affect your attack. And, cool. and restraints as attack rolls against creature have advantage, and the creature's attack rolls have a disadvantage. Yep. But you can still attack. Okay, cool. All right. So cool. I'm at so I'm at disadvantage to attack. You're at disadvantage, but yeah. Okay. All right. In that case, two attacks with Celestria. First one is a 19. Wow. Yep. And the second one is a 26. At disadvantage? Yes. Damn. All right. Don't, don't hold a good half elf down. I guess not. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. First attack does nine slashing and one radiant. Okay. Second attack does six slashing and three radiant. Describe your kill. As I yell out, Come on, we can take him! I flex with both blades crossed over in front of my arms, and I break one arm free, swing down on the cord, and slash him with bright light, radiant light erupting from the wounds I cause, and then the second one cuts deeper into that same spot, erupting in more light as the cord falls over. And its hairs that had me bound slough off and fall to the ground at my feet. Fabulous. Excellent. Okay. Y'all have eliminated the two Korids, which are still visible. And, yeah, as it's laying there, it, like, merges back into the stone that it emerged from. Look at the one that's at your feet. You see a la end of Indiana Jones, like, melts into the ground at your feet. Are the other two Ask gone me. for good, Kilvarix? <clears throat> no saying, but usually not. We might want to get out of this area before they return. Excellent. Can you provide more aid to Seifel? He seems to be still be wounded. I can provide a little, but I am running a little low on divine power right now. And I will cast Cure Wounds on Seifel. First level, use that spot to give him 10 points, hit points back. Excellent. He's uh, he's looking a little rosier, but he's still he's still not doing well. And I warn everyone: like, if something like this happens again, I do not have enough power to save them a second time, unless we have time to rest. We need to get moving. We need to get out of this area and find another place to hold up for a night, at least. We are battered. Okay. I agree. Let's get going. Okay. Rocket falls into line towards the back. His head hung a little bit, mumbling. That escalated quickly. Seifel, leaning on Tyrion, haltingly begins moving down the path. And after you get, you know, a mi- half a mile away or so from the from the top here, you find in one of the one of the crags along the path, you find a cave opening that that you feel can hold the seven of you and seems fairly defensible. 
I will I will stand at the entrance, let everybody else in, but I'll step back in. But the idea is I'll take up rest and, and basically walk, first watch. Kess, give me please a perception check. That would be uh, 18. Cool. So earlier when you had uh, taken a moment to commune with the environment, one of the things that you heard was this, was off in the distance mining sounds, like the sounds of pickaxes on stone and the squeal of wagon wheel and things like that. Now that you are in the cave and again, taking a moment to be aware of your surroundings and everything like that, you hear those sounds again and they're louder. So I say to Kilvarax, someone's mining near here. I wonder if it's more of those dwarves. Kilvarx is going to try to listen, see if he can hear what she does, and try to figure, see if he agrees. Sure, give me a a perception check. Oh, that's a nat one for five. Cool. Give me a d6 roll, please, sir. Three. Cool. Excellent. You have no idea what she's talking about. The, what are you the, talking about, Kess? I don't hear anything. I just hear the normal noises from yeah. around here. What? I, I was downloading too much at? information into you right now. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you need the high bandwidth stuff right now. I, I'm, I'm, I a little, I'm a little tired, too. I grin, Kilvarex, because I recognize exactly where he's at, and I turn to Azir and tell her the same thing. Perception say, check anything? for me to see if I hear it. Sure. Eh, I don't think a 10's going to help. A 10 will be fine, actually. Yeah. You can certainly hear, again, you hear the sounds of pickaxes on stone and the squeal of wagon wheels. As you're investigating around this cave, it doesn't seem to have like any, doesn't seem to have like, any, anything more than the opening that you guys are in, a fairly small cave. But you definitely do hear the sounds of mining permeating through the stone. Mining? Huh. I wonder what they're mining for here. This here is any good. I mean... So I assume we've scouted out this cave and it's closed at the back. Have we? It is, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And there's one opening like to the south. So I'm going to say maybe we should check it out when we've rested. Simeon, would you wake me for second watch, please? Absolutely, my friend. Okay, Kavar, so, yep. Yeah, Kavar says I can stand a watch too. I'm not that badly damaged. <laughs> But I think uh, some of the others should sleep through the night as they are worse off. I'll stand watch with Sprocket. <laughs> I, I, I was actually going to suggest that perhaps I take fourth watch so you could get a little bit more sleep. Fourth watch is fine. That's when it's getting light again and I can see better. You and me, Sprocket. Fourth watch. You should be. You, you should take third and I'll take fourth. Oh, no, I think it's best as pairs. I think we need to team up on this. It's uh, It's dangerous around here. But if we're going to need a double up, wouldn't it be best to do that in the middle of the night on second then? Uh, I think it's dangerous right before the dawn. That's where most of the things happen right before the dawn. Yeah, I think uh, both of us on the last watch is good. Anyone else object? Simeon pats Sprocket on the shoulder. My friend, I do not believe this is a debate you shall win. Get some rest. Just Just because one can't always win the battle doesn't mean you shouldn't fight. I applaud you. You fought it well. Very well, Kilvarx. I will sit with you. Okay, so Simeon, you're taking first watch? That is correct. All right, give me a perception check, please. That's a nat 20 for a total of 26. Excellent. Cool. So, through your watch, everything is quiet. 
The mining sounds continue through the night, but they you can tell that they're exceptionally rhythmic and they just continue working. And through your watch, as you're watching the entrance to the cave, two very small creatures poke their head in with mild curiosity on who you are. They are convinced that you don't see them. What kind of creatures are they? They are. They are. They're bipedal. They are about 18 inches tall. They have green skin and sort of tufted mustaches and and big ears with like tufts of white hair poking out of them. I slowly, because I imagine I'm fairly still in my positioning, if they think I don't see them, put my finger to to my lips and and whisper. I do see you. Well, they shoot back around the edge of the around the edge of the cave as soon as you say that. It's okay. If you give mean me a, it me if you me mean no, certainly. If you mean no harm, we can talk quietly. Christmas save? Sure. Or, or persuasion. Persuasion. Yeah, yeah. There we go. That's fine. Oh, that didn't go well. Nine. Okay. They are not yet persuaded that you are safe. I take How do we know? Who are you? Who are you? You're not supposed to be here. I take out a small box of tea. And I say, if you mean no harm, I bid you welcome. And I offer this in hospitality. And I put the box of tea on the ground and I slide it forward with with my foot so as to not knock it over and to not make startling maneuvers. We don't know that we can trust you. We saw you playing the Dark Queen's dirty game. We did not play. We came across her game. And we wanted to understand it. We are here to stop her. Again, I understand the rules of hospitality. I offer this in my home, my temporary home. And as long as we are talking in this moment, we are bound to be pleasant and polite, which means no fighting. We will not harm you as long as you intend no harm to us. So they want to poke their head around the edge of the cave again, like, boop, boop. you know the rules of hospitality? Who are you? I am Simeon Peleus Wintermere of House Wintermere. I am half elven. My people in years and generations past were from the Fae. Some of that knowledge has passed down to even the likes of me. I travel with the Ladrin who are currently resting. I ask of you to please allow them their rest. We fought the minions of your Dark Queen, and they need to recover. Can we try your tea? Absolutely. I have a small pot, and a box is there for them to take. But I will set up the little cook cook stove thing and start the little fire to get some water going. So one of them very cautiously tiptoes around the corner and again like a like a dog that you're greeting for the first time gets close and like sniffs the tea but like tries to like, uh, tries to like, stay somewhat defensible against against what might happen. And so the small green creature with the tufted hair pokes his way into the cave a little bit and starts sniffing at the tea. What does this particular blend of tea smell like? 
It is a very sweet, almost like honey blend of tea. It has some natural sugars in it, and it has a uh, almost like a breath of fresh berries in it as well. So it's a sweet tea. It is more of a afternoon, first quenching kind of tea. Excellent. Smells fantastic. They seem they seem very interested in it. The other one that kind of pops his head around the corner is clumsier than his friend, but seems doesn't seem to be have any too difficult to getting into the cave towards the tea, but it's definitely a little bit clumsier than than his than the other one there. And they smell the tea, and the tea smells fantastic. And, and then the, the first one that that again was kind of the one talking from beyond the wall. So wait, wait what, what what do you mean that you're here to fight the Dark Queen? We are here to make sure her machinations end. Specifically, we go after the hag. And both of their eyes get wide. They know. Oh, he knows. They know. They know what she is. We've always wondered if she was a hag. She lives up in her castle with her dolls and things. That's where we're going. But you can't just go in the front door. How would one get in there? Maybe we could barter. Maybe we could barter passage. Do tell. There's a way that we can get you in. She uses our brethren in her cruel puppet shows. She always sneaks us up through this back entrance to the stage. We can use friends to get you in. And what would you want in return? A favor? <laughs> I would think you may have to be more specific than that, my friend. As I said, I know the ways. What would you be willing to part with? I take it you and your brethren do not like being part of these puppet shows? Say we don't. Hypothetically. If we end her, we effectively make it so your brethren can never be part of her puppet shows again. I would be freeing your people. What if some of us like being in the puppet shows? What then? What about them? Then Clearly they we have to offer them something else. Then they can continue the puppet shows on their own. Directors of their own... <sighs> Directors. Those who wish to be there will be there. Those who don't wish to be there are free to do as they will. But you persuasion will govern check. your own destiny. Give me a persuasion check. That's a dirty 20. Nice. Excellent. So they, like, they look at each other real quick and say, Hold on, we'll, we'll need to discuss. And they scoot over into the corner and they whisper back and forth. What language um, are they whispering in? They are whispering in Sylvan. Um, oh. And it is around this time, Kess, you probably, knowing that you were getting up for second uh, for second watch, begin to feel, begin to stir a little bit. And as you open your eyes, two small little green creatures over in the corner of the cave discussing, and there's a fire going and a pot of water. And you catch Simeon's eyes, Simeon, you and Kess uh, catch eyes across the fire as the, as the two small creatures are talking. And so I remain completely silent and still because I see that there is a tea ritual going on. 
and I trust Simeon to manage the situation and introduce me as he sees fit. So after conversing for a moment, they come back over and say, Simeon Peleus Wintermere, <clears throat> your deal is acceptable. Then over this wonderful pot of tea with my friend Cass, and I motion her over as witness. Oh, she's awake. We have. She's your friend? Absolutely. Okay. With Cass as a witness, our deal made under the rules of hospitality is binding. We will end this hag. We will free your people and leave them to their own devices. But you will show us the secret ways in. You will take care of Creeping Lynn. And they look very excited. And then again, the uh, the one that is always a little gruff. So, wait. <clears throat> I am Zorli. And this is Oila. Zorli and Oila. The pleasure is mine. I bow deeply, reverently, and profoundly. <sighs> okay. When do you want to go? We need to let my friends rest and sleep. How long is that going to take? Several more hours. I speak up quietly. I say, I'm rested now. As you see, I don't need much rest. But our friend Simeon should sleep soon. I'll stay up with you. But you're a half-elf. You don't have to sleep. No, I'm a half-elf. That's what I was talking to. But I do need to sleep. But you're a half-elf. Elves do not need to sleep. But half-elves, we unfortunately do require some time for rejuvenation. The, the other one that's not, not so gruff is, oh, half-sleep. Yeah, exactly. that makes sense. That makes sense. Yep. So, will you stay and keep my friend Cass company while I rest? Sure. And I leave another box of the same tea. Okay. And there's plenty more. I am sure also that Kilvarek snores badly. Yeah. Like puffs of like smoke and brimstone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. It, it's not the snoring that we really worry about, if you know what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> it's the other vapors from the other end that are <laughs> definitively more frustrating. Oh, chromatic dragons. You fire on one side, poisonous cloud on the other. Thank you for joining us. This has been Tabletop Journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. Join us at www.ttjourneys.com, where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see all the content that we publish beyond the podcast. You can also stay in touch by subscribing to our Twitter, at TTJourneys, by joining our Facebook group, Tabletop Journeys, or by sending an email directly to podcast at ttjourneys.com. And remember, if you want early access to all of our episodes, a chance to drop dice with your favorite hosts, and maybe even appear in one of our actual plays, you can join our Patreon to help support the show at patreon.com forward slash ttjourneys. You're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or Audible. We would appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast on that platform. Full episodes come out every week on Saturdays, and every Tuesday features our actual play episodes. Thank you for listening. 
and for being a part of our growing community. And in the words of another traveler along our path, we bid you shade and sweet water. Thank you.